1: out my
0: window and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman. And neither are you.
1: Hey guys, what's going on and welcome to the Soto Mojo podcast. This is Cole Fatnode. I'm back as always with Ty Gonzalez. Ty, how you doing? I'm, I'm
0: doing well. We got a lot to talk about, uh, so I'm... Pretty pretty stoked for this
1: one. Yeah, quite a few uh, quite a few things to dive into on today's show. We're going to talk about Major League Baseball's um, tactical tactically leaked uh, playoff format change. Um, obviously, we're also going to talk about the Mariners finally signing Taiwan Walker <clears throat> to a one-year deal. Um, we also have uh, Carlos Gonzalez, pretty notable name, uh, coming to camp with the Mariners, and uh, we're going to preview. Uh, second base, uh, is where we're at in our positional previews. So, uh, pretty jam packed show, like Ty said. So, uh, let's get right to it. <clears throat> as I call an audible Ty, it's a surprise game of wheel of opinions. We're starting off with one. You ready for this? Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. All
1: right. <laughs> Coming out of nowhere here. You guys don't <laughs> know, or you didn't listen to the end of lo- the last podcast, which was 80 minutes long. So I can't really blame you. Uh, basically, you send us an opinion on Twitter. Uh, we'll put it on the wheel. We spin the wheel, and no matter what the uh, topic is, we have to formulate an opinion uh, on the spot, and uh, lead to some fun things. So, <clears throat> we have a few topics left over from last week, including the uh, potential overuse of antibiotics uh, in our food. Um, we have a actually a couple Pokemon questions, which is kind of interesting. And, of course, the one we're all looking forward to, the migrations of crabs from Christmas Island. So, Ty, you ready to give this wheel a spin?
0: Um, I'm ready.
1: Well, here it goes. And, oh, it's the overuse of anti and probiotics in food. Go, Ty.
0: Uh, yeah, man. Uh... i was not prepared for this one
1: nobody Uh, is
0: uh yeah man stop stop it or or do it i don't don't know
1: you know that's great (laughs) i guess i guess i would say that this is obviously just another way for the government to control us in our minds (laughs) they're injecting this stuff they're in bed with big pharma who's putting this stuff in our food and the fda signing off on it to make us slower and dumber so we can't rise up and resist something. So um, I don't even know what an antibiotic is, to be honest with you. (laughs) I mean, I know that like antibiotics are good, but also you need probiotics. So it's like, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'm too far off with the big pharma thing, to be quite honest with you. Sure. Anyways, so yo,
0: yo free Martin
1: Scully. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Pharma broke in uh, rot in jail for a while. So that's
0: All basically
1: right. how it works. So uh, and we're
0: off to a great start.
1: <laughs> we are indeed. But let's get into a uh, let's get into a topic that really divided a uh, baseball Twitter, not just Mariners Twitter in general. It is the uh, leaked proposal um, or at least discussed proposal of uh, changing Major League Baseball's playoff format. If you guys missed it somehow, uh, the basic idea is to expand the playoffs once again, uh, this time, adding two more wild cards to each division or to each uh, league, making seven playoff teams in each league instead of the current five. Um, the team with the best overall record would get a first round buy. Uh, the team with the second best record would get to pick their opponent in the first round. Uh, the team with the third best record would get to pick between the other remaining contestants or contestants and so on and so forth. Uh, the one game play in style wildcard round is out. Uh, they would be replaced by three game series and, uh, that's pretty much the gist of it. So Ty, um, Had a couple days. You had the initial impressions and then you had a couple days to really think about it. Um, What do you think overall? Are you in or are you out? Um,
0: There's definitely issues with it. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't mind it. And I know I'm kind of in the minority here with that. Um, I think it's kind of fun. Uh, The idea of being able to pick your opponent. I like that. I think that's actually pretty fun. And creates for some interesting strategy. But um, there are more problems with it than, than good things, in my opinion. Uh, so I'm going to dive into those. <laughs> sure. Uh, which, like, all right. The first seeded team getting a first-round buy. I don't think first-round buys are good for a baseball team like they are for a football team. Right. You see, like, coming out of the all-star break after a team goes on, like, a week-long break, guys come back, you know, slow, rusty, you know, little, especially on the offensive side. It's good for the pitchers getting to rest arms and stuff, but for the bats, bats are going to get cold. I don't know if you want that spot. Don't you want to be playing games? Getting consistent, you know, Game action,
1: right? It's tough to know because uh, I mean, obviously, it's never happened before, right? So uh, yeah, it's it's tough to know, but uh, yeah, I think that is a uh, I think that is a, a I don't know problem. That is a uh, that's something that teams will have to navigate through. Yeah, that's that's that is one of the things that kind of I, I raised uh, my eyebrows out my yeah. uh, my eyebrows at uh so uh what else what else uh, troubles you
0: if you're gonna do it do it if you're gonna have buys on all this just do it how the nfl does it six teams it doesn't need to be seven we're gonna have just a little under half the league in the playoffs now mm-hmm. um obviously it creates for more uh competition, especially near the deadline and stuff. I know that's what they're trying to create here with seven teams and all that and trying to stop all these teams from selling, rebuilding. And then but I don't know if just a little under half the league is necessary. Get 12 teams in the playoffs. Four teams play in a wild or four teams per league play in a wild card round while the top two seeds have a buy if that's how you're gonna introduce or if, if you're going to introduce a buy into the playoff system, do it that way. It doesn't need to be complicated with seven teams and <laughs> even though that I do like the idea of picking your opponent and maybe you still could maybe you could choose to you know in the NFL, right the one seed typically doesn't play the four seed. In the divisional round, unless you know the the you know, typically there's always a wild card team that mm-hmm. that wins, right? Sure. And that wild card team may be better than the four seed, right? Yep. So now you know you know think about like the NFC East. Don't you think the uh, you know say the Eagles beat the Seahawks, and don't you think that the 49ers would would have rather played the Cowboys, or the Eagles instead of the. Vikings, right? So, in in baseball, maybe you allow them to choose their opponent. You know, maybe if, say, you know, in last year's playoffs, the Dodgers had their choice of the Brewers without Christian Yelich, or you know, the the um, who was the first seed last year?
1: Uh, <clears throat> Let's see. Or who was the, the wild Nationals. card team?
0: That one. Yeah, they the were the nationals, yeah. right? Because the Braves yeah, yeah, was the a division. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, or they would pick the nationals who, you
1: <laughs> know,
0: obviously they went on to deal with what they did. But you yeah. look at that team from a distance and think, you
1: know, maybe. I don't know, man. That pitching yeah. staff is kind of scary in a three-game yeah. series.
0: Yeah.
1: Or five-game series. So maybe you do take the, you probably take the Brewers. Yeah.
0: So, you know, so maybe given that freedom more so just from what what happens in the wildcard round between the two matchups and the two winners that come out of that, just let the one seed pick who they play out of those two teams, and then the lower seed gets whatever team they don't pick. Right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> just, right. And, and then that makes getting the one seed even that more important.
1: Right. <clears throat> so, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you think that... One of the things that I've I've saw I've seen as a, a reason to dislike is that people are convinced that with so many teams, you know, making the playoffs, about half of each league, um, there's a possibility that it hurts it hurts the uh, activity around the trade deadline because nobody's going to want to sell because it's hard to envision anybody right. being really out of right. the playoff race in um, you know, in late July. I, I guess my question is, do you agree with them, but also is that necessarily a bad thing?
0: Yeah, I I still think there'll be plenty of teams that are clear sellers. You know, yeah. we um you know, even if they were to go to a fourteen team playoff, you would still have sixteen teams not making the playoffs and probably Eight of them, you know, half of those are clearly going to sell at the time, right? So, <clears throat> I, I don't I, think it's a bad thing. I, I, I still think there will be plenty of activity, I think there will be more aggressiveness, and I think there will be a lot of uh, a lot more payroll driven trades, yeah, between teams that are in the mix. You, know, you see that in the NBA now yep you just saw the Grizzlies who are in the uh, eight seed trade with the uh, with a team that's like the third seed in the east mm-hmm. right so you know the, the you can still have that there will right. still be more of that because that's just what's out there
1: mm-hmm. i I think you know my thought on on that particular um, concern. Is that? I think it, it seems Major League Baseball is doing this, or they're you know talking about this as a pseudo solution to stop so many teams from tanking at the same time or rebuilding, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, or both. Some teams, uh, whatever phraseology you want to use there. Um, and so I guess my thing is, well, if there's going to be so few sellers. At the trade deadline, according to this theory, wouldn't that therefore, you know, drive up the price of their assets at the trade deadline, giving them better prospects and therefore accelerating their timetable?
0: Yeah,
1: I I think that's just as likely as saying, well, you know, nobody's going to sell. And let's be honest, it's not like the trade deadline uh, this these past few years has been huge. Um, Right. Last year, aside from the last minute Zach Granke deal, we were all pretty, you know, sufficiently whelmed by the, uh, by the trade deadline and went about as expected. And, um, so, you know, the trade deadline's starting to lose its luster. I also wonder if this deal, if this proposal would actually move up some significant trades, um, you know, sprinkle them in throughout June and early July, um, because yeah, if you're competing for that playoff spot, if you can get better on, you know, July 3rd as opposed to July 31st, you're getting three extra weeks of that player that you're trying to trade for. That can make the difference. So, um, it's it's interesting. I think um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to look at this. The other concern I see, or the other thing people are talking about, I should say, is that. Um, there's an idea that major league baseball thinks that with more teams, you know, in the playoff hunt every year, um, it means that the team will spend more money on veterans in free agency. Um, and you know, before entering this winter, it wasn't so much that the money wasn't there. It was just that it took so long for, uh, you know, these big name free agents to sign. So the, you know, the winter was kind of a drag. They kind of, they kind of, Fixed itself this year, didn't it? I mean, we had a yeah. lot of good players sign really early into major yep. deals. Like free agency, kind of went back to normal this year.
0: Yeah, it was even had a
1: few teams that were bad last year, uh, record wise. They went out and they spent money. The yeah, Reds, White Sox, yeah,
0: yeah. And now we're entering spring training, and there really isn't a superstar on the market that hasn't signed. You know, he still it,
1: week's the best player that hasn't signed.
0: Yeah, and I mean, there's reason for that yeah so I mean,
1: there's no egregious you know unemployed people right now yeah um you know I, I guess i would say puig not being in major league baseball right now is egregious but that's me i i'm, I'm a huge sale puig man so but yeah no i like so i just it seems like that's kind of fixed itself and also we're kind of in a like i mentioned the white Sox and the reds they've kind of jump from rebuilding to we're going to compete in the last few years. We saw the twins do the same thing. Uh, we saw the rays kind of jump out of nowhere and win 90 games. And they've decided over the last couple of years that they're going to compete. You kind of see a bunch of these teams that were rebuilding they're to the point now where they're like, okay, now it's, now it's time to give it a shot. Um, yeah. it feels like there's maybe like a two years ago, there was probably 18 teams that were truly trying to rebuild. Um, This year i think it's probably down to 10 maybe 12 and by all indications starting this winter the mariners are going to be one of those teams that's looking to take the next jump um you know maybe miami is too it just seems to be fixing itself so i i understand the hesitancy there i guess i would say this overall about the plan um there are a lot of problems with it uh and my initial reaction was, this is, this is interesting. Um, obviously, there's tweaks that need to be made, but I, at the end of the day, like 24 hours later, I was in. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I personally like the six teams playoff spot even more. Um, you could even work it some kind of, the five and the six play the one game playoff, and then the wild card, the wild card one team. They host a three-game series with the winner of that game. Um, I just, you know, I, I think it's, and it, I think it's to be honest, part of it is, is that anytime Major League Baseball proposes a rule change, like everybody over the age of forty-five, just oh my god, they're gonna, this is gonna ruin baseball. Just wait, this is the end of baseball. They keep changing things. This is, it's just gonna get worse. They said the same thing about eliminating the third to first pickoff move do we really miss that really i so i mean part of that is is that i i love um for lack of a better term i love anything that angers baseball boomers um so so this whole thing with all the people acting indignant about oh my god they're ruining baseball and all this that, that, that probably had a, a big uh, hand in my decision to to be supportive of this um <laughs> I, I think I would say six teams and then you run it kind of similar to how the NFL runs their playoff system. So, um, but yeah, you know, it, it's interesting um, from a Mariners fan perspective. Uh, I think it was, was it Larry Stone or Greg Johns? One of them. Uh, they did the math and the Mariners in this format uh, in the, over the last 18 year playoff drought, if this format was instituted, uh, the Mariners would have made the playoffs six or seven times yeah. in 18 years. I mean... I believe it was
0: every time that they finished over 500. Yeah,
1: it was. It was. Since 2001, which, yeah. Yeah, which is both sad, but also if the Mariners made the playoffs six years, you know, six, every three years, basically. Mm-hmm. It's not ideal, but it's certainly you can live with it, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's... <clears throat> From that perspective, you know, we the, may be a little... the
0: rep, the reputation of the Seattle Mariners organization would be a lot different.
1: Yeah, it would. I, you know, I think it was Colin O'Keefe who made a pretty good observation. He said, you know, if, uh, if major league baseball had the same type of playoff system as, um, the NBA, uh, the Mariners would basically be the Portland trailblazers, <laughs> yeah. which is, you know, moderately successful NBA franchise um he's definitely had some high moments and some low moments so yeah i just i don't know man it's tough because you know most people i'm sure oh you're mariner fans of course you want more teams in the playoffs um and you know obviously part of that has to be true (laughs) um it's been 18 years but um i don't know man i i think anything that gets fans excited uh for a longer period of time uh I, I think it's worth exploring. So, uh, I'm in on a playoff format change. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a hundred percent in on the, uh, exact plan that major league baseball leaked. Um, but if they want to add if it basically, if in 2022, which I think is the earliest year they can implement this, if it's the exact same system that they've talked about right now, I'm not crying. I'm fine with it. Um, right. I I think it would be a lot of fun to be honest with you. And at the end of the day, you know, baseball, it's entertainment. It's
0: All right, right, right now, right now, 2022, first year of the seven of the seven team AL playoffs. Are the Mariners one of those seven teams? Yes or no? Yeah,
1: I yeah I think I think there's a pretty good chance the Mariners are one of the five teams in 2022 without the playoff change. So yeah. I feel pretty strongly that they'd be in the playoffs in 2022 with a 17 playoff. So I don't know. How about you? Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I
0: feel the same exact way. Just interested to to hear your stance, you know? Yeah. Hey,
1: like you said they implemented it in 2021. I think I can make a pretty good case that they could do it next year. Make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, It'll be interesting to see what they do here. Um, Expanded playoffs, sure. Uh, The exact Major League Baseball proposal, eh, maybe with a few tweaks. So I'm in, man. I'm in. I I applaud Major League Baseball for pretending like they care about fixing things. It's the least they can do.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, if there were... um, a 6 team format instead or just the fact that even in the 7 team proposal that there is a guaranteed series to be played for every team yeah i think teams will be a little more comfortable in mortgaging their future for a 6 seed instead yeah. of
1: as opposed to one game
0: as opposed to you know the wild card No teams are really going for the wild card. They'll acquire a reliever here or there, just some middle of the pack type of arm. You know, on a one year deal, it's not going to cost them much. That's really that's what you see at the deadline right now. Um, For a lot of these teams that are just fighting for that wild card spot, it's not it's not as aggressive as as one would think, and um. Yeah, I think maybe guaranteeing a series to an organization will change some minds,
1: but we'll see. Yeah. I think, um, like I said, there's always going to be a large faction of baseball fans who any change whatsoever they're going to scoff at. Um, And I love annoying those people. So I I am, uh, like I said, I'm in largely because of them um i just i'm interested at the very least i'm interested um and i think that's a, a step in the right direction and uh you know major league baseball found a way to kind of move past the cheating scandal um for a little while uh so that's all they ended up doing like that that was their only intent they succeeded so good for them uh, so uh anyways but let's let's talk about uh let's talk about our local baseball team like we're supposed to do here. Um, Seattle Mariners have made a couple of notable moves. Let's start with the less notable of the two moves we're going to talk about today. Okay. Uh, former Colorado Rockies MVP candidate Carlos Gonzalez is in Seattle, or well, Peoria. Um, about damn signed, time. Only about five years too late, but yeah. you know, it's uh, he's in Peoria with uh, the Mariners as he signs a minor league deal. Um, which will pay him seven hundred fifty thousand dollars if he makes a big league team. Uh, I don't know if there are any more incentives in terms of play time or anything like that. Uh, but Carlos Gonzalez, um, not very good anymore. What do you, do you think he has anything left to give the Mariners?
0: I mean, he's just one season removed from nearly a two win year. I don't know. He might have something left. I mean, last year was atrocious, but. Two-
1: Wait, 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 two two wins, Fangraphs yeah. war,
0: yeah, in 2018.
1: Oh wow, it's funny because I think on uh, Baseball Reference war he was like 0.4 in 2018. That's interesting. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's
0: one 1.8 in that war. Oh yeah,
1: not bad, usable. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, He slashed 276,
0: 329, 467. That's not bad. 16 home runs.
1: Yeah, you yeah. slightly below league average offensive production, but still. Yeah. Ran the bases pretty well. Decent defense. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's not. It's not terrible. Um, you know, and we've we, seen worse. And we've seen, you know, I mean, perfect example. Hunter Pence was a yep. was really bad in 2018, and then comes to the Rangers on a minor league deal and is an All Star. It's talked about quite often in trade rumors. I think uh, yeah, I, I don't know he he might have something left. I think he has a pretty good shot of making the team, especially with Hanneker's injury.
1: I don't know there
0: there might be some there.
1: That's interesting. You think he has a good shot of making the team, huh?
0: I do I do. I think I think uh, after Hanneker's injury, I'm not sold on Braden Bishop and Jake fraley and Kyle Lewis making the Shut team your mouth.
1: No, I, uh, I agree, man. I, have been making yeah. the argument all winter that, uh, you know, Kyle Lewis, people are overhyping him because of what the, uh, the six home runs he hit basically. Um, they're leaping to a lot of conclusions. So I'm with you on Lewis and obviously the Hanecker injury opens things up. Um, so what, like, what percentage do you think you would give, uh, Gonzalez to make the team?
0: i'd say 40
1: 40 okay yeah i i
0: I, you know it's i think he has a a solid chance i i think it's well more than zero um interesting yeah i i i yeah i i think the i think everything's kind of lined up for him to break camp with a team and you know, if he if he plays well, he might stick around, you know, for a little bit for the season. You know, maybe you get some trade interest. And if not, no harm done. You call up Kyle Lewis or you call up Jake Fraley or you call up Braden Bishop, whichever one doesn't make the team.
1: Right. And that's it. I mean, yeah, you got to figure probably two of those guys make the team. Um, yeah. So you're reasonably confident he makes the team. I'm not. I had him at, like, I think, like, 10%. Mm. Um, uh, but if, you know, just kind of talking it out here, if Malik Smith is going to make the team, we know that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, he's probably the starting center fielder on opening day. Yeah. Um, so if Gonzalez does make the team, he's probably playing left. Right. Yeah. I mean, left or right. Let's, let's look at what his numbers were
0: for. Offensively. Last... Yeah. And, Right field. Um, all right, right field. Uh, right field compared to left field. Oh, actually, he was really good in left field last year.
1: Well, I mean, last year or twenty
0: eighteen? No, last year. Okay. He didn't left play field in Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, this is only one hundred fifty-one innings, but he graded out really well.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, I think, you know, obviously. Every outfield's different. He used to have to patrol that huge outfield out in Colorado. Yeah. Um, Cleveland's outfield a little bit smaller, I'm sure. Um, I don't know the you know the, the square footage of the Mariners' outfield, but I would say it's reasonably big. What's um, the
0: other team that he played for in 2019? Because graphs.
1: okay, yeah. The Cubs for 15 games. Right, uh, didn't go well. So, no, yeah. Oh, yeah, if, if he. I, I don't think he's great defensively. I think, I mean, I'm not comfortable saying he's average, or I'm not going to call him that until I see him play. But um, let's just say he's in left field, right? So Malik's is in center. He's in left. Who's the right fielder? Kyle Lewis, probably. Yeah, okay. And then you still need a fourth outfielder. Um,
0: probably Braden Bishop.
1: Bishop or Fraley?
0: I think Fraley. I'm starting to lean Fraley uh, for the one that m- misses the team over Kyle Lewis. Now,
1: I think over uh, Kyle Lewis or over Braden Bishop.
0: No, like I, I think Bishop and Lewis will make it.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I'm starting to lean to towards Fraley as the guy that misses, mm-hmm. um, because of the injury. Maybe they want to give him some more time.
1: Just, just kind of reset up. him into play. Yeah. A. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you know part of the thing that uh, could work uh, to your advantage <sighs> in that uh, in the Fraley being sent down thing is is that um, Carlos Gonzalez is really bad against left-handed pitching. Uh-huh. Um, but in his last you know full season in 2018 against right-handed pitching, uh, Gonzalez hit 284, 344, 485. Um, it's a 105 WRC plus. So Or
0: maybe your outfield is Cargo and left. Braden Bishop in center, Malik's in right.
1: Uh, Malik's does not have the arm to play right field. Or Very Malik's and left. Yeah, you know? I, I think I think if um, I think if Cargo makes the team against right handed starters, you'll see him in left, Malik's in uh you'll see Malik's in center and probably Lewis and right. Um, and then with left-handed starters, I think you'll see Mallex and left Bishop and center and Lewis and right. Um, I think, you know, if cargo is going to have a role on the Mariners beyond, you know, the veteran coming into spring training uh, to mentor some of the young guys, I think mm-hmm. it's going to be as a platoon outfielder. And like you said, if he can stick around for a little while, um, you know, he might be able to get you the 26 year old, you know, reliever in double a, who's got a pretty good slider at the deadline. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, am a cargo was one of my favorite players in the, uh, early 2010s. I really like Carlos Gonzalez. Um, obviously who wouldn't, <laughs> um, but I, I enjoyed watching him play. So it's, it's fun to see him on my favorite team. It's unfortunate that it's way past his prime. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think he convinced me a little bit here. There, there's some, there's a chance that he's useful. Uh, yeah. And he's, he can make the team, I guess. Yeah.
0: Um, you never know. These these veterans late in the game, some things change. They have a good year randomly. <laughs> there's no explanation for it. Again, I'll point true, to man. 100 pence last year. Looked like his career was done. And then goes to Texas, and all of a sudden he's an all-star.
1: I, I said he's he's struggling to hit the a good fastball is based on what everything I've read is that he is the bat speeds way down which I mean he's 34 years old kind of to be expected he's dealt with a lot of injuries in his career uh, he's never was the healthiest guy so yeah it, it makes sense that he would wear down um, you know in his mid 30s so we'll see what happens with him I, I'm Certainly interested to see how he does this spring. I think that matters. Um, You know, not, not stats wise, but uh, you know, we need to see, can he get to 96? Uh, And if he can't, then probably need to, I hope here's what I I hope. Cargo is good enough to make the team because I really don't want to see Kyle Lewis uh, forced onto the team. In particular, Lewis. Um, I totally willing to accept that Kyle Lewis could be, you know, he could have worked on some things this winter and he'll be ready. Like that could totally be possible. But based on what I saw last year, I don't want him to get every day at bats in the big leagues right now. And if cargo makes the team that improves the odds that he gets sent down to, you know, triple a where I think he belongs. So, um, we'll see, we'll see how that works out.
0: Yeah. But I think, um, you know, if if cargo has a decent enough spring, give him a shot. Write it out for the three weeks or so that Haniger's out, and you know, if he sucks,
1: he sucks. <laughs> He's probably no worse than 2018 Ichiro, so yeah. That was when the Mariners thought they were trying to be good. Well,
0: he can still hit a dinger, at least.
1: <laughs> Maybe we'll see. Uh, I yeah, mean, no, had, I, I think he had he had three you're uh... last year, that was
0: fine <laughs> More than each <intro.
1: laughs> Certainly, yeah, no, I think you're uh, Starting to convince me you're, uh, Yeah, Cargo was always going to be a guy I was going to watch this spring um, But no, yeah, I, I think maybe his odds of making the team Are probably a little bit better than I gave them um, So we'll see how that works out uh, I Like I said, I hope he does make it um, Let's move on and talk about the transaction that Most people care about And the one that Ooh. most people have been clamoring for since what, December? Yeah. Taiwan since the First back. rumor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually not,
0: even back when he got, uh, let go
1: waved. Yeah. Yeah. Non tender. Yeah. I think we, uh, I think we wrote an article about him as a, you know, maybe it was a slideshow, five non tender guys to sign or something like that. Yeah. That was back in November. So, uh, Yeah, we we just like pretty much everybody, every other Mariners fan in the world, has been clamoring for Taiwan Walker to come back. He's back. Signs a one-year deal yesterday, worth two million dollars. Can earn another one million dollars in incentives. Maxes out at three million dollars. Is our understanding of the deal. So Ty, um, the Fresh Prince has returned. What do you think? What I mean, we've talked so much about Taiwan Walker it almost yeah. seems anticlimactic at this point but yeah he's a mariner so that's 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 pretty cool isn't it
0: yeah no it's great um i was really excited when i saw the news uh, it was the one thing that i wanted them to do this off season when i you know when the realization came in that they weren't going to do a whole lot mm-hmm. um this was my one thing that I just you know if I could just get one thing, this off season it would be this and um, they did it and it's great. Um, I'm really looking to really looking forward to seeing him in a Mariner uniform again. Uh, I am a bit concerned with some of the stuff that came out about his last session. Where right. He's throwing just in the mid 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, Got to see that velocity get up, um, but. You know, and, and after seeing that, I'm I'm a little surprised that he did get a major league contract. Um, just for those concerns, you know. Um, but, um, yeah, I think it's great. I'm I'm.
1: Well, what's uh, interesting about Walker is is that he did pitch, you know, one game last year. Yeah, um, and his fastball was at 93 miles an hour. Right. Um, he pitched only a handful of games in 2018 and his fastball velocity was 93.7 miles an hour. Um, you know, in his last fully healthy year, he was at 93.8. He's been at about 93 his entire career. Uh, well, with the notable exception of his first couple of stints in the big leagues, he was closer to 95, but, uh, yeah, so it's 88 at the 88, 89 at the, uh, workout he had in front of scouts uh he was at 93 last year 93 the year before that so i don't know if it's 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 concerning certainly um i don't know if it's him just you know easing into a workload and he's going 90 percent um i don't know if it's a big concern uh like i said clearly it's it was enough of a concern that walker signed got a two million dollar contract like yeah. it, if Taiwan Walker is gives you a hundred innings, he's worth six, $7 million easy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Taiwan Walker is a fan favorite has been for a while. Um, all indications are is that he enjoyed his time in Seattle. He didn't have any, you know, he had no ill will towards the Mariners, um, and Jerry DePoto for trading him. Uh, you know, I, I think what's interesting is Walker kind of, if you remember Walker kind of had a reputation of being a bit lazy. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that, uh, that narrative? Yeah. Uh, being floated around. And what's interesting about that to me is that if you talk to anybody, like any of his teammates, they, they angrily deny that act with that uh, accusation. So um, I don't know, man, I, I don't, I don't hang out with Taiwan Walker. I don't see how he works. I'm not going to speculate on whether he works hard or not. Um, but at the end of the day, he's a Seattle Mariner, and the, he hasn't been healthy in a couple of years, but the last time he was healthy, he was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, 2017, 157 innings in 28 starts, 8.35 Ks per nine, 3.49 base on ball per nine, 48.9% ground ball rate, 3.49 ERA, 4.04 uh, FIP. 428 XFIP. Or I'm sorry, 434 XFIP. This is good for a 2.5 F4. Yep. It's pretty good. Yep. So, and what are your expectations for Walker then? I have no idea. <laughs>
0: I, I have, I, you know, he's going to have his bullpen on Saturday. Yep. We'll see what comes of that.
1: Hopefully, we get some VLO numbers. Yeah. Some video um, would be nice too.
0: Yeah, they have those screens now. And they're bullpens. Yeah,
1: they're uh, using iPads. Yeah. So... Rapsado or whatever it's called, the pitch tracking. hmm
0: So, yeah. Um, I got to see that first before I make any sort of prediction, but...
1: No, that's I mean, not acceptable. All right, fine. Make a prediction now.
0: I think it'll be solid. I think he'll be solid right. enough to get Let's... traded this year.
1: Let's do it. Let's do it this way. Let's do it over under, um, okay. on a few key statistics here, uh-huh. and then that'll kind of paint the picture of what we're thinking here. Right. All right. So, let's do over under. Ten starts made for the Mariners this year. Uh, over. Fifteen starts. Mm. Yeah. under under yeah okay. under. um what are you thinking so probably over under a hundred innings yeah yeah probably under?
0: um yeah probably like 90 to 110
1: is what I would say
0: <laughs> that's like where I see him but I I, I I guess I'll take the under
1: okay are you taking the under because you think he gets traded or because you don't think he'll be healthy enough to give the Mariners 100 innings?
0: I think he I think he can pitch to the level of getting traded. Mm-hmm. I think there will be a time, though. I think he will have, like, a, an IL stunt.
1: Oh, probably.
0: So, yeah,
1: at some that's point. Interesting. Show.
0: So, like, like, mid-May, and so that's what's going to cut into his innings and cut into his starts.
1: Um, let me ask, do you think Taiwan Walker makes an appearance out of the bullpen this year?
0: If the velocity is back at 93, maybe if it, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe.
1: So I guess I'd ask you this. How confident are you that he's going to win the, uh, the fifth spot in the rotation
0: out of, I I think he's, I think if the velocity is okay, he's the four.
1: So you, think, you're just totally, it's all about the fastball velocity. If we, well, see, 90, I, if we see 93 this spring, you're in, basically, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, because I just, I, I, I don't know if he's creative enough to overcome the lack of velocity.
1: No, I mean, he, his off-speed stuff has never been great. Yeah. Um, you know, the slider, he's more or less abandoned in, yeah. uh, in Arizona. Started throwing the changeup a lot. He, yeah. He's a fastball changeup pitcher. The changeup is more of a split changeup type. Um, it's really more of a splitter based on everything I've seen. Um, but yeah, he throws the fastball a lot. So
0: yeah,
1: kind of needs. He has to get value out of the fastball. So if it's not going to yeah. come from, you know, uh, if it's not going to come from velocity, it's it's got to come from movement. And I've never. Thought of Taiwan Walker as a, you know,
0: he's a very downhill thrower, you know, yeah. he, and it, it's really, really hard to see that style playing at eighty-eight to ninety in this league, especially if the ball is the same as yeah, last year. The juice ball, yeah, uh, no, no, that's not that's not gonna go well. <laughs> it's, it's just you know we we saw you know you just you can't go at that velocity from that side you know lefties are able to do it because they're able to create different arm angles and everything and you know some are able to get away with that righties that's nearly impossible i mean we saw what happened with and towards the end of Jared Weaver's career where you could barely throw a fastball whatsoever you know
1: it's he was like Jamie Moyer, but significantly worse. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's interesting. You know, Walker, again, he relies on the forcing fastball, uh, but it is worth noting that he does have a cutter. So um, the Mariners have had good luck with the cut fastball. Um, they're pretty good at teaching it, and so Fangrafts doesn't differentiate between a fastball and a cutter, uh, as well as Statcast does. Um, right. Statcast 2017 they registered um, they registered 54% of walkers pitches as fastballs with the average vo- velocity at 93.7 um, while the cutter accounted for 15% uh, it was the second most thrown pitch and that sat at 86.4 which is where his bullpen was um, so yeah it's you know fastball cutter splitter curveball um you know, it's sometimes the cutter gets called a slider uh, by the pitch tracking. So, uh, it interesting to see. And by the way, just as we were talking about him, Taiwan Walker says it's spring training, I'm 100% right now. I feel really good. I've got four bullpens under me, letting it go pretty good too. So, I mean, right. of course, Walker's going to say he's healthy. But, uh, All right, Mr. Best Shape of Your Life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, Tywan Walker's a Seattle Mariner, just like everybody wanted. And, you know, I'm not, uh, And you
0: not... and you got to use your rise of Tywalker Walker headline.
1: Yes, yesterday. finally. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. So, I mean, it's, it's all been worth it. It's been a pretty big year for me, man. Keon Broxton was a Mariner for a brief time. Yep. Yeah. Now Carlos Gonzalez, or, uh, Carlos Gonzalez is a Mariner at least for a little bit. Taiwan yeah. Walker's back. Yeah. It's been a good year for the guys that I I like. That you, you know, know who
0: else is a Seattle Mariner Wei Yin Chen. That's weird.
1: Yeah, that's that's not one. <laughs> that's not one of my guys. So yeah. Uh, uh, but no, yeah, Wei Yan Chen signed up. That that became official. Um, yeah. A couple a couple of other Manny really
0: Manny Bamuelos. Yeah, that's is that how you say his name.
1: I think it is, uh, Benuelos uh, He's uh, he's interesting, uh, Banuelos. There, um, I remember he was like top prospect in the Yankees farm system for a long time, and they like refused to trade him. They loved Manny Banuelos, and it's just been uh, based on the hype surrounding his career, an unmitigated disaster uh, for him. But anytime you're a former top prospect and you sign a minor league deal, you kind of have to be interested, don't you? Like, okay, yeah. maybe this, this could work maybe. So we'll uh-huh. see what happens there. Um, the other guy fits that mold by the way is Alan Hansen. Yep. Uh, I don't know if we ever talked about, but that's probably for a good reason. Um, so yeah, the Mariners signed a bunch of, or they signed four guys to minor league deals yesterday I'm sorry I don't have all of them off the top of my head. I know two of them were Van Welos and Wei-Yin Chen became official. Um, but other than that, I, I don't – there's nobody worth remembering, I guess.
0: Um, it's hard well, no, to it's, even remember Hanson when you consider the amount of utility yeah. players that are in this
1: camp. Six or seven. Um, yeah. you so know,
0: yeah. Sam, ha- Sam Haggerty is another guy that we didn't talk about,
1: and I kind of like him. Sam Haggerty? Yeah. Well, we'll probably get to him in our second base preview, uh, which I think we're I think we've reached that point. Um,
0: <laughs> that was strategic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, before we move on, any final thoughts on uh, Taiwan Walker? Um, you're basically if if I'm you know understanding you correctly, um, you see ninety three uh, this spring, you know 92, 94 this spring. Uh, you're in Walker's going to be the four. He's going to be good.
0: Yeah. I, I, I really, um, yeah, I'm, I'm all
1: over that. You know, I think it's all about the velocity.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and
1: we got to see how On he command. responds. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, but com- velocity is your big concern right now.
0: Yeah. Velocity, because if, if the velocity is not there, not nothing it, else he, is there it's anymore. yeah, it's not going to work for him. Um, unfortunately. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but I think it's fun. I think it's really fun. I'm glad to have him back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, yeah,
1: I think Tywin Walker, or I think the Mariners' first um, spring training game is not this Sunday, but next Sunday, first televised one at least. Yeah, I really hope Tywin Walker gets to start. Give yeah. him the ball for an inning. Let's see what he's got. Let's get ready to go. Man, but, I gotta
0: tell you, I love these high ceiling signings late in late in the spring or late in the winter. Right, You know, it's Taiwan Walker can, you know, have a really solid year this year and maybe get traded and get you something when you didn't even expect to have him back you know, in the first place. You didn't even expect to have this opportunity in the first place.
1: Also, he's 27 years old, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. He yeah, so he really sticks. Well. Yeah. And You say, OK, we, we want him around. And so yeah. give it a shot. Um, so, yeah, uh, Taiwan Walker. There's absolutely no downside to the signing whatsoever. Uh, Anybody who tells you there is, they're lying to you. All right. So let me,
0: let me ask you this question real quick. Uh, Who's going to, who right now do you see having a better season? Taiwan Walker or Kendall Graveman? (laughs)
1: Uh, Walker. I actually, I I actually like Graveman. Um, Yeah. I'm kind of, you know, I don't think we've really talked about that all that much. Um, because I mean, it's Kendall Graveman. The guy has never been able to stay healthy, but the last time we saw him on a big league mound, he was throwing like a 94 mile an hour sinker. Uh, you know, so um, that's, that's a guy we, we probably need to talk more about.
0: Um,
1: I, I don't think I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that Kendall Graveman is going to be at, like a number three. Um, but if you post, you know, a four ERA with seven and a half K per nine and, you know, I, I think he's got a shot to be a you know a two win pitcher um, if he can stay healthy. That's the big thing. But actually, yeah, I'm I'm you know Kendall Graveman's probably a guy we're not talking enough about, but it's pretty easy to see why we're not. I mean, it's it's hard to imagine him having a long term future here in Seattle. Um, although he did get the the uh, team option yeah. uh, on his contract, so maybe Seattle see something. Maybe he's a reliever down the line. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would still take Walker just because, as crazy as it sounds, I trust him to stay healthy uh, longer than Graveman. But, yeah, those are two guys that, you know, that you signed for, I think, what, a total of $3 million guaranteed. They could be legitimate number fours. At the very least, they're probably number fives as long as they're healthy. So, yeah, uh, I actually, I I like Graveman, but uh, I'm taking Taiwan Walker. All right, so let's slide on over to second base, and uh, let's talk about uh, the Mariners' second baseman entering 2020. Uh, so, I mean, the presumptive, not even presumptive, the, the stated starting second baseman for the Seattle Mariners this year, Shed Long, who you are a big, big fan of. Yeah. Um, I think we all like Shed, but uh, you've always kind of had the uh, the top-level of uh, love for shed long. So yeah. tell us, tell us why you like shed long and why you're expecting, you know, 30 home runs and 20 to, and 20 steals this year.
0: <laughs> I don't know about 30. <laughs> I
1: don't
0: know about all of that, but Shed long. is super fun. Uh, yeah. Just a really fun tool set. Uh, he's only getting better. You know, he's a converted catcher. Uh, that's, I think this is his third year now playing you know, uh, positionally, second you know, just playing second base, playing, you know, just playing in the infield in general. Right. Um, I like it, man. And he's, yeah. he's a heck of a hitter. shown uh, shown a lot last year. I thought, especially towards the end there. What was his September numbers? Let's look those up real quick. I remember those being really good.
1: Yeah, he was really good.
0: Um, sorry. Uh, yeah, he hit 289, 337, 518, 127 WRC+, plus with four dingers, 10 RBIs. I, I remember um, last year, towards the end of the season, I wrote about how he was on pace for a season most similar to Ozzy Albies. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good comp. You know, I still do to this day. Um, I think defensively, I he wasn't great last year, <laughs> second base. But again, it's just his third year playing in the field, figuring these things out. I would, I would like to see a a, a big jump in in uh, in defense. You know, I think D Gordon was. Solid defensively last year. It was one of his down years, but you know, in the in the year before when he took over for Cano after the suspension and everything, I thought he was really solid. You know, they need solid defense up the middle. JP Crawford really made a leap last year mm-hmm. defensively. I think if you can say, see some similar growth in Shedlong, you can feel more comfortable in that be in your second base and shortstop duo. Um I don't I I really expect big things for Shetlong though. I think he has the potential to hit twenty home runs. Fifteen to twenty home runs. You know, put up prime rude Ned O'Dor type numbers. Maybe. Except for the home runs. Like the thirty five home runs, you know.
1: I mean, yeah. I think Long's probably more of a, you know, thirty doubles, yeah, eighteen to twenty home run type of guy. Yeah. Um, but but
0: no, I think, know. yeah, I think like the, I think he's not going to be great with, uh, sorry, I think he's not going to be uh, a complete on base guy. You know, and in in in, um, in the minors, I think he hit or he got on base like 319 one year, 320, something like that. I think he's a more of a 330 guy. Last year, he got a, on, on base at a 333 clip. I think that's kind of where he's going to be, 325,
1: 330. Um, it's about
0: league think, average. Yeah. And I think he'll hit 260, 270. So but I think...
1: League average.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think uh,
0: power numbers... I would like to see 15, 20 home runs. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. It seems like long is a guy who's starting to, um, you know, actually starting to tap into some of his raw power. Um, you know, five home runs and 168 plate appearances, you know, that's what 15 home run pace, probably 17. Um, you know, we've seen him steal. He stole 19 bases in 2018 in double a for the reds. Um, you know, it's, I, I think Shed Long is going to be one of those guys who, um, he's never going to make an all star team, uh, but he's just going to be so consistently, you know, good that we, it, honestly, similar to Kyle Seeger, where, you know, Seeger has just been pretty much the same guy for, you know, most of the last 10 years. And we just kind of, we're to the point now where we're just like, oh, yeah, Seeger's fine. But right. in all reality, Kyle Seeger is, you know, I mean, he should have more, uh, you know, acclaim in Mariners history. Long could be that guy. I think, you know, we talk about his defense. Um, he was, you know, at, he played second base. Like he played second base for you know most of his uh, time there. He was at negative one on outs above average. Um, He's pretty good moving towards first base. Uh, moving more up the middle is where he struggled. Um, but he's, you know, I, I think he has the tools at second base to be league average. And if he's league average defensively, he's going to be slightly above average in terms of power at the position, uh, probably slightly above average in terms of, uh, batting average average around, um, on base percentage. And, you know, we're saying the word average a lot. And a lot of people are going to say, well, that's not good. Um, Uh But if you're average or better in every asset of the every you know every part of the game, that's a really good player. Yeah, you know it's you just start stacking it all up and average, 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 average. That's still a two and a half win player if he plays one hundred and fifty games. Yeah, well,
0: and I and I I, I'll leave you with this. I think for Shed the ceiling is his one sixty two game pace last year which was 295, 364, 512, 23 home runs, 63 RBIs, 50 doubles.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to hit a lot of doubles.
0: Five triples, 14 stolen bases. Uh, those numbers were most comparable to two all-stars, Ozzy Alves and Jorge Polanco.
1: Yes, and you've been on the Ozzy Alves uh, bandwagon for a while. So I think
0: that's a ceiling. I don't think he's going to get there this year. Right. I think this is going to be a year full of ups and downs for him, but I think he'll, he'll figure things out. And I think this will be a year of growth for him. And then I expect a lot out of him in 2021.
1: So uh, give me his slash line for this season. Ooh. Uh,
0: I'm going to say, 260 something, 330, 475,
1: 480. Interesting. Last year he went 263, 333, 540, or 4, 4, 454. Um, so you basically think he repeats what he did last year. Maybe a little bump in slugging percentage um, for the record, by comparison's sakes. Uh, steamer has him at 247, 311. 406 um you know i i don't i can't imagine that the power is that bad you know yeah. so um uh, but yeah I, I think you know i think that's a pretty good range between what you said and what uh steamer has projected here um yeah it, it'll be fun shenlong's going to be one of the uh the more fun players to watch this year uh it's got a lot of personality as well and
0: again if he pops i mean this ceiling there. I mean, the sky's yeah. the limit for, for the guy.
1: Yeah. He's a really good athlete. Um, you know, and he doesn't turn 25 until late August. So yeah. it's a, uh, you know, he's, it's his year 24 season. Um, and yeah. I, you know, it's hard to not, you know, talk about the Mariners future and not have shed long being a part of it in some capacity. I don't know if it's starting second baseman, every yeah. day but you know they talked about him being you know super utility last year sounds like this year they really want to give him second base and just leave him alone and see what happens um and so we'll see it's uh you know i think i think Long's probably going to play 130 140 games this year for the mariners uh assuming health so
0: yeah
1: we'll see how that goes um other second baseman that we probably need to talk about real fast here d Gordon. um you think he's on the team on opening day or do you think he's waived slash traded?
0: I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 just, I don't see a spot for him. You know, right. I know that they've talked about maybe he would play a little bit of uh outfield while, while Hanneker's out. That's another option for them. I, I, uh, I, I would just eat the money at this point, but, you know, especially now that you're, you're for sure going with Shed long at second base. He's not going to have an opportunity to really play that much and build value, et cetera, to trade him. And even if he does build value, what are you really going to get um, for him anyway? Is it even worth it? So, I don't know. I would probably just eat the money and just waive him.
1: Yeah, I think... Um, I don't
0: think that's what they're going to do, though. I, no. I think he's probably going to make the team.
1: Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. I think it probably comes down to um, how willing is Deke Gordon to, you know, sit on the bench four to five times a week um, to get used late defensively in place of shed long to do some pinch running? Um, is he going to be okay playing shortstop in center field or left field? Uh, you know, and if he's just not going to be okay with that, you should eat the money and let him go sign a minor league deal somewhere else. Um, But if he is going to be okay with that, then you might be able to get some use out of him. Uh, Uh, You know, here's D Gordon is going to find his way onto a contenders roster at the end of the year before September, simply so, you know, defensive and base running late, late game replacement. You know, he's going to be the Raj Davis of somebody's roster. Can not
0: you just imagine him in a Yankee uniform? Always been able to see that one. Or Boston too. But
1: Boston's like yeah. the next postseason. Probably thinking about his dad. So
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but,
1: no yeah. Uh, so D Gordon, I don't know. I, I think there's a path for him to play three games a week um, without, you know, seriously setting back. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to be so desperate to give the veteran at bats that you're taking them away from Shed Long and you know, Jake Fraley and Braden Bishop and Kyle Lewis. You don't want that. You want you want D Gordon's at bats to come from. Hey, you know Shed needs a day here. D, you're getting the start. JP needs a day, so D, you're going to go play shortstop for us for today. Or you know, hey, and you know this is a scheduled day off for Carlos Gonzalez, so you know Malik is going to go play left, and D, you're going to play center today. And then after that, you're on the bench for you know defensive replacements late in game and uh, you know pinch running opportunities. And if he's okay with that. Um, the Mariners don't need that $14 million for anything. So if he's okay with that, then he can stick around, but I'm not, you know, I'm not, Oh, I have to find a way to get D Gordon 15 at bats every week. No, no, I'm not, I'm not for that. So, um, that's the idea. You can just release him right now. Anyways. Uh, so just as we kind of wrap up here, the other second basemen that are projected to get some run, uh, limited run by fan graphs, at least Austin Nola. Um, yep. I think you'll see him out there on occasion. Uh, I think it'll probably be more as, you know, Nola comes into pinch hit for somebody and they stick him at second base because Evan White's still in the game. Um, I can't imagine he'll get many starts there at second. Uh, it sounds like Nola is going to be the backup catcher. So he's going to start 60, 70 games there. He'll probably start, I don't know, what... Ten twenty at first base. Yeah, probably a handful at DH, maybe one or two at second. I think that's yeah. probably the plan for Nola, um, Dylan Moore, and uh, your boy Sam Haggerty. So, yeah. uh, why is Sam Haggerty going to be a superstar like you've <laughs> Well,
0: you know, he's he's shown really good on on base skills. Um, a lot of speed, you know, no no power whatsoever, but.
1: Lot of We're speed. talking like legit twenty grade power.
0: Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, shoot, uh, twenty seventeen in, uh, in high A, he stole forty nine bags. Like that, that ain't nothing. And I mean,
1: basically, you're hoping Sam Haggerty is Terrence Gore.
0: Yeah. And hey, if he can Maybe get Billy um, Hamilton, I mean, he can probably get on base a lot more than Terrence Gore.
1: Sure about that? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's all
0: yeah.
1: right, man. You, you like him, and uh, you'll get a shot to see him on, in spring training. Um, yeah. He'll probably play a lot, as most utility guys do. Yeah, um, yeah you know, he's competing for that job. Do you I, – I guess I'd say this is would you rather have Dylan Moore or Sam Haggerty?
0: Oh, Dylan Moore because I've seen it, and he was – There's some pre- legit Bob. Yeah, he was pretty decent – towards the end of the season last year yeah,
1: you know, pretty, everyone pretty decent everyone, all year.
0: everyone gets the uh the three error game or the three error inning
1: right uh stuck
0: the, in their head but but see the
1: one who threw the ball to nobody at home yeah. is that dylan moore yeah so i mean yeah there, there were some blunders and i mean he struck out 33 percent of the time yeah but uh you know moore had a 88 wrc plus he, you know nine home runs 11 stolen bases and 282 get, plate appearances um, walked 9% of the time, yeah. ended up posting a 0.4 F war. I mean, so as a bench guy, Dylan Moore's okay. Um, you know, so.
0: Yeah, I'm just bringing up Dylan Moore's uh, September numbers.
1: I don't think they were quite as good as you're remembering them, but. Oh
0: yeah, they weren't. Wow.
1: He's like, I said, he's fine. As uh you know, 25th, 26th guy on your roster. He's fine. And also, by the way, a really good defender. I don't know if if you've looked at this. Dylan Moore in outs above average on StatCast, Uh 80th percentile. Wow. By the way, Dylan Moore also really fast. Sprint speed on StatCast, 82nd percentile. Wow. I mean, he's got some pop. He can run the bases. He's a pretty good defender. Dylan Moore is a nice little player. And, you know, on a winning team, he's... Probably a nice little triple A player, but honestly, I would rather see Dylan Moore get regular at bats than D Gordon. So it's probably says a lot more about D Gordon than it does Dylan Moore, but uh no yeah, it's interesting. At second base in particular, uh Dylan Dylan Moore was uh at plus two outs above average. Um which is really interesting. He thirty-eight attempts. He had a success rate of ninety-five. The estimated success rate on similar uh you know, similar attempts there is ninety. So he was plus five percent success rate added. Um the only position he was truly terrible at was third base. And so. I have to wonder how much of that is those three balls that he made errors on in one inning. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. Dylan Moore actually, but Dylan Moore, four outs above average in left field. Wow. So there's interesting something there there's something
0: yeah. there um he played some center field last year did he i think
1: so yeah, yeah he did he did yeah. yeah only a couple of innings but yeah he's i mean i don't know man i i feel okay with dylan moore out there like he's not he's not a starting player uh, he's 27 years old he's not he's never gonna you know he's not Ben brist but uh i don't know man i dylan moore is he's interesting he's uh Pretty useful player, particularly to the Mariners this year. Right. Um, we'll see. You know, you never know. He's maybe he if he hits 230, 320 with four hundred slugging percentage. Right. Coming off the bench, it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Um, I think that's all the second baseman FanGraphs has listed on their depth chart. Um, you know, there's nobody really in the minors. That's I, Donnie Walton. He can sit or. Do you consider him? I think you have to consider him for second base, but. Right. Pretty sure Walton's going to start the year in AAA, right?
0: I would assume so,
1: yeah. And then the only other guy I can think, Tim Lopes, but Lopes probably. Should we consider Lopes probably more of an outfielder at this point? Uh, Because he can play second. I mean, yeah. Um I, I mean think that's, that's his natural natu- position. Yeah, yeah, that's his natural
0: position. But I mean he mostly played outfield last year, so I don't know. Um let's see here. Yeah, he only played eight innings at second base last year. Hmm. So
1: I don't know. Tim Lope's another one of those guys. Pretty solid bench piece, it really is. Um,
0: yeah. yeah I, I honestly keep forgetting about him. <laughs>
1: He hit 270, 359, 360 last year. Those six bases in only 128 paid appearances. Uh, He graded out as average or slightly above average at uh, in right field, left field, and second base. Um, So, yeah, you can you play all over. He puts the ball in play. Good speed, um, really good speed. Again. I guess today's the day to be slightly surprised by player speed. Tim Lopes, 85th percentile in sprint speed. Wow. Dylan Moore and Tim Lopes, they can move. Good athletes, so, yeah, yeah you know. Um, we'll see and, how much they you can do. He, he
0: walked. He walked last year. Yeah. too. 11, 11.7 uh, walk percentage.
1: I mean, yeah, he got, uh, I mean, he hit 270, and he had a 360 on base, so, I mean, yeah, he's interesting. The Mariners have some pretty interesting options at second base. And the more we talk about them, the more I'm like, you could probably just DFA D Gordon. (laughs) I'd rather see Dylan Moore and Tim Lopes than D Gordon right now. Um, But we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's a long spring. Players are going to get hurt. Um, You know, there's a good chance. Uh, The nice thing about Lopes and Moore is I believe they both have options uh, remaining. Uh, Moore has all three, I believe. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, Moore has three options. Lopes has three. Lopes has three as well. Yeah, so there's some options. You can keep them around. You know, but at the end of the day, Shedlong's the everyday second baseman. And we think D. Gordon is going to make the team. So he's probably the de facto backup, right? Yeah. Is that where we landed? Yep. All right, so. Uh, that's a second base preview. Shedlong, uh, Ty's called him a superstar. We'll see if he's right. Uh, so, I'm just saying, Ty said that Shedlong is better than Ozzy Albies. So, it's pretty bold. I, I, I never
0: said such a thing.
1: Yeah, we'll play back the tape. I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, another long podcast today. So, here's what we're going to do, Ty. Okay. We're going to spin the Wheel of Opinion one time. All right. And you get two minutes. We get two minutes to talk about it. Oh, and then we're out of here. Oh, God. What if it's about the crabs? Yeah, uh, You're the expert. All right. You guys didn't know, Ty studied the migratory pattern of crabs his entire life. He has a PhD in it. So,
0: yeah. okay. you know, expect
1: genius right there. Here we go. Oh, no. It's going to the crabs. Migration of crabs. Are you oh, serious? Dead serious. Okay. <laughs> you know All what? Right. You know, what, you know what? I'm going to call an audible on this just because we already answered, answered the antibiotics one. <laughs> I'm spinning again. I'm using my free spin. I was ready, though. <laughs> and it landed on migratory pattern of crabs. So we're talking right. about the crabs. Okay. All right. So we, no avoiding this question, Ty. The migratory pattern of crabs from Christmas Island. Go. What's your opinion?
0: Yo, yo Christmas Island sounds pretty dope, right?
1: Like, is it Christmas there all the time? dude you're running away from it okay
0: all right so the migratory patterns of crabs so wait they're going to christmas island i or from christmas island i think it was from christmas from island. christmas Island. all right so so christmas island probably sounds actually not dope at all confirmed so we got that out of the way uh i don't know they're it's, it, it's probably better in the water or wherever else they're going uh, I mean, have you seen Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob SquarePants? He's rich, dog. Just go to the bottom of the ocean, open up a restaurant chain. You're good.
1: Uh, oh, I, uh, I'm pretty sure Mr. Krabs is a cannibal, so. The,
0: the, you know, sometimes <laughs> you got to sacrifice things to make your way wow. to the top. All right, all right. You know, you know, sometimes Cannibalism's you get...
1: okay if you, if you get rich out of it.
0: Exactly. That's, we are a pro-cannibal <laughs> podcast. Okay. But seriously, uh yeah. Uh my uh sorry, I almost called it migrant island. <laughs> Christmas Island. Christmas Island. Uh sounds trash and that's why the crabs are leaving. I, so it's, it's a problem with Christmas Island. Figure figure your stuff out there people.
1: Alright, strong strong take, strong take. <laughs> um would you- would you like to know what actually there was happening there? Because I looked it up. Okay. Um, so here's the thing is that Christmas Island is apparently um, in the Indian Ocean. Okay. It may or may not be near Australia. Okay. Maybe Dan Clark can help us out there. Um, and uh, basically what happens is, is that for most of the year they're found deep in the forest of Christmas Island, uh. but they migrate to the coastland to breed starting in october and november and apparently they take over the entire beach there is something like you know 50 million red crabs on christmas island
0: just banging
1: (laughs) apparently from you know november and december Uh, (laughs) so uh also fun note here you cannot eat red crabs i mean you can but they're not like the crab that you get at seafood restaurants. So, right. Um, so I guess, you know, so I guess weird my opinion,
0: crab orgy on Christmas Island.
1: Just like we drew it up. Just like we Sweet. knew we would talk about on this episode.
0: We love it.
1: So yeah, I <laughs> this guess, is a
0: you know, baseball podcast,
1: <laughs> I guess my opinion on the migration of red Island, uh, the uh, red crab on Christmas Island is uh, good for them. Good for them, man um also i never want to visit christmas island um i'm not a fan of small bug-like creatures and this honestly looks like my worst nightmare come true so um i'm out uh and unfortunately you can't eat them so i can't make my my planned uh global warming joke about cooking the crab in the ocean oh my god (laughs) yeah no uh this sounds a little terrifying i'm not gonna lie but also uh holy cow there are some do red crabs eat their babies that's lovely all right let's sp-
0: let's spin the wheel one more time i know we said we were only gonna do five, one five. but
1: let's do it one. by the way female crabs eat, only eat their young when they're hungry so good for them
0: oh brave. wow only when yeah. they're hungry very bold oh,
1: wow. very, very very brave
0: very brave just like the houston astros today in their uh oh, lovely little press conference all
1: right spin Sounds the wheel like this again is close to mcguire <coughs> anyways um
0: <laughs> yeah i bet risk mcguire would love christmas island oh boy uh
1: by the way red crabs made up of 96 percent water they just don't have enough meat to be considered uh edible so um yeah I, I need to turn off this page at google all right here we go one last spin And, oh it's gonna be close and oh man it like split the difference between two um, between two topics like right in the middle uh, but the wheel of opinions has decided for us and we are to talk about the uh, reclining your seat on airplanes I don't know if you've seen the uh, video oh, yeah. of the two children who look like adults on the airplane but um, but uh, I'm going to defer to you up first on this because I I don't fly, I've only taken four flights my entire uh, life, right? Uh, and I know you fly, you know, obviously to Toronto, to Washington, to New Mexico, and all that stuff. So right. take it away here. Um, Reclining on airplanes, what do you think? What's your take?
0: Uh, yeah, don't do it. Uh, see, I, yeah, I hate flying in general. Um, so and, I. and I am very uh very much inclined to recline but i don't do it because when especially like when you're on those planes that have the tvs in the back of the seat and someone you know reclines their chair and then it just you know and now your tv's at an angle it's um, yeah i i'm a fairly tall fellow i'm like six one right it's i don't have great leg room because I'm not rich and can't afford anything over coach. You know, I can barely afford coach. <laughs> uh so, you know, I don't have a lot of leg like, room on most of these flights, especially on these little puddle jumper flights that I take from like uh, because there's no direct flight from New Mexico to Toronto. So I have to New
1: so Mexico's I have to barely to, estate.
0: Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So, you know, I have to go to Houston or Dallas or whatever. And so I'm on these little tiny flights, and I've had people recline on these flights in front of my face while I barely have any room to begin with, and then my legs are basically pinned, and then I feel like I have to pee. And uh, it's just an awful experience. I hate flying. I hate airports. They're so tense. Uh, TSA is weird and awkward. Borders are even worse. They're the most robotic people ever. Flying in general, just the whole, just the whole event of it. Going to the airport, I mean you check your bags, and have to deal with annoying, you know, blank-faced uh, airline employees and stuff. So, Gross. So, and the point of the moral of the story is, don't recline your seat.
1: Basically, like was, if I'm <laughs> if I'm understanding you correctly, what you're saying is that the somebody reclining their seat on you is just. The, the cherry or just the, the straw that's gonna break your back and force yeah, the, it's just
0: the cherry force the top. airplane
1: to land to arrest you. Yeah. Just, it's just building and building all the anger and then somebody reclines on you and it's time to it's time to throw down.
0: Yeah, it's just like <laughs> like that's just the you know, that's the part where you're just like really you know, of all the things, it's just like, all you right. know, I jumped through so many hoops today already.
1: Alright, <laughs> right, so Like I said, I've only flown four times and it's never been an issue for me. Um, I flew from Washington to California to go to Disneyland when I was like 10. And then a few years back, I flew to Denver uh, to visit uh, my dad who was working down there. Um, Both times, I'm not flying around in, you know, Air Force One. So, comfort was not their primary concern in any of those planes. I don't even know if the seats reclined. But and plus, I'm, I'm not a am not a fan of flying. It is a war against gravity and it's totally unnatural. that something that heavy can fly, um, even though, you know, scientifically speaking, of course, it's natural because you can do it. Uh, but I, I, yeah, it's it's a war against gravity. You're basically just like peeing in God's face for four hours and hoping he doesn't kill you. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of flying. Um, so I, I don't really have. Str- here, here's what I would say here is reclining seats. Um, any flight that is longer than two hours, the answer is no. Yeah. Just straight away, no. You, you're not allowed to recline. Unless you ask the person behind you if it's okay. And if they say no, you say no problem, and you deal with it. Right. If they say yes, you get to do it for like an hour, and then you're right back up. There's just... I mean, I don't know, man. I I do not like, you know, being in people's personal space. So I would never recline on them. Also, Uh, like,
0: reclining your chair on a plane sucks. It's like it only goes by a couple. Yeah, it, like, goes by,
1: like, a couple inches pretty much. So it's basically no difference to you and a big difference to the person behind you. Yeah. So, yeah, just, I don't know. This, like, just
0: even, even if it's a few inches moving back, yeah. that's still a huge deal to the person behind you, especially if, like myself, they're tall.
1: So, I, I guess, you know, in conclusion, don't be an a-hole. Yeah, uh, it Seems to be a pretty good rule of thumb there. So, there we go. So, uh, if you're curious, the, uh, the topic that we did not, uh, the topic that was split between this one and... Uh, that one uh which will stay on the wheel since we did not talk about it was uh, acoustic singles on uh on albums so uh, <laughs> i believe that was from jordan uh you know mormon pizza man yeah. so uh that, that will stay on the wheel and uh there's a pretty good chance we'll get to it next week so um that's been the uh, wheel of opinion we got uh, three opinions in today we also talked a lot about the new playoff format Uh, Shed Long, Tywin Walker, Carlos Gonzalez, pretty jam-packed show. We knew this was going to be a long episode, just nothing we can do. There was so much to talk about. Um, And, you know, honestly, if you guys have made it this far, kudos. You have a lot more patience than I do. But uh, hopefully, again, as we get into spring training, these podcasts will become shorter. And, you know, I think for the most part, we did a pretty good job. It's just Jerry for the last three weeks has decided to go, you know, full Jerry. So um and he's made a bunch of moves uh, basically saving an entire offseason worth of stuff it, for the final 3 weeks and uh it's been fun. It's it's preferable to me to talk about that type of stuff. So um any final thoughts Ty as we close in on 90 minutes?
0: Uh definitely not.
1: <laughs> okay. All right, yeah. so uh good call, good call. Um Christmas Island is a place of nightmares. Anyways, uh, so thank you guys so much for listening to the Unless you're crab. Unless you're Apparently, a crab. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> and that's like um, Woodstock. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that goes to show you how much I know about musical festivals. Woodstock is the only one I know. What's the other one? Bumper shoot, Coachella, uh, I guess. Yeah. Coachella. Okay, there you go. That's There yeah. you go. It's Coachella for crabs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm so out of it. I can't think of Coachella. Anyways, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to our what podcast. What the hell is bumper shoes? I don't. <laughs> I, I think it's a Wash. I think it's a Northwest thing. I I don't know. Okay. I I. In case you can't tell, I'm not a big music guy. Like I don't buy albums. Um, I don't. You know, I typically listen to podcasts. Who buys albums no, it no, but you know what I mean. Like I don't buy like. Yeah. I'm not going to go to iTunes and purchase right. a song. I'm not the guy who's going to you know stay up till midnight because. Kanye promised to drop a new beat or whatever. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't like Kanye anyway, so I would never, never do that for any artist. It's like, okay, I'll listen to it when I hear it. Who cares if it's at midnight or not? <laughs> Anyways, so let's officially wrap this up. Thank you guys so I, much. For I, want listening. A,
0: I want a ninety-minute podcast of just Colby music takes.
1: <laughs> Colby being a what?
0: No music takes.
1: Oh, um I don't think I could fill ninety minutes. <laughs> Music, if I like it, then I like it. If I don't, then I don't. But I'm not going to yell at you for... Like, I don't like Kanye at all. I think his music is honestly crap. Uh, I don't think he's, you know, entertaining whatsoever. But he's also a huge star, and millions and millions and millions of people love him. So, okay, you can go to his concert. I'm not. I'm not following him on Twitter. I don't care. So do whatever you want. Um, but if you want 90 minutes of my old man takes, you can certainly get those. Uh but, again, let's officially sign this out. Thank you so much for listening, as I'm sure I've said for the last three minutes. Thank you so much for listening to the Soto Mojo podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. You can follow us on Twitter, at FS. We're also on Facebook. You can find our Facebook page. Give us a like there. It helps us out. Visit SotoMojo.com for all the Mariners' latest news, rumors, content, including, by the way, Scott Service announcing that Hoshi... Yoshi Hirano is the closer uh for the start of the season. Um, oh, wow! so. They didn't even make well, it a competition. Yeah, I we'll, we'll talk about this next week, but he's not I want
0: it, I want to close. just I I want to see Carl Edwards.
1: You might, the you might. But anyways, All right. All right. go to SotoMojo.com, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. Follow us on Twitter, at SotoMojoFS, like our page on Facebook, and that's going to do it for us, and I will see you in another life. Peace out.